So good morning. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. Good morning. There you go. That's better. Um, welcome you all. Um, it is great to, to see you all this morning. And I hope and pray that you don't fall asleep on me while um, delivering God's message. Um, if this is your first time, um, I welcome you as well. Um, I thank God for you. And I'm sure that this is not an accident um, that you're here this morning. I pray that you find yourself blessed and apply what we have and what God is about to teach us uh, this morning. I also welcome those um, who are watching online. My mic is not working. Um, welcome to those uh, who are watching online. Whatever you are, I pray that you may also feel the presence of God through this message. So, as always, um, it is a blessing and a privilege to stand here before the congregation. You know, um, and again, uh, to be used by God uh, in delivering his message. God is always faithful in fulfilling his promise, especially when we ask for guidance and help. You know, when, to be honest, when I was preparing for this message, it took me a while before God gave me this topic. I was sharing this with, with Nanai. Um, and, you know, the topic that I wanted to share is so different than what God gave me, right? Um, I even started this sermon about three weeks ago, right? You know, I have these different ideas that I wanted to share with you guys. And all of a sudden, God just scrapped everything. He said, nope, that's not what, what, I, what I don't want you to talk about. This is what I want you to talk about. I said, all right, God, so you just wasted my time. <laughs> but no, um, during the time when I was studying and when I was preparing, somehow I started to realize that God wanted me to experience his peace through this message. I know um, I'm not the only person who struggles with the sin of anxiety. With the situation, you know, sometimes it gets in our head. You know, um, we cannot think properly, right? And instead of praying and giving it to God, we tend to, to worry or to be anxious, right? Um, today's message is entitled, The Answer for Anxiety. But before we continue, um, let us ask God to take away any destruction and clear our hearts and our mind as we receive this message. Please bow down your head. Dear God, um, thank you today, Lord, for just bringing us all here, Lord. Um, Father, we, we confess our sins, and we know that we are the people who are prone to, to wonder and the people who fails you and dishonor you with our words, with our anxiety. And try to fix, Lord, everything beyond our capacity, Lord. Father, I pray that for each and every heart, Lord, in our mind as we listen to what you have to say for us this morning, Lord. Be with me, Lord. Touch our heart and touch my heart, Lord, as I deliver your message this morning. And may you be your spirit. Guard me from error, Lord. 
We commit to you, Lord, our worship this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, so last, last Sunday, Sunday when, when, I was, when I was listening, listening to, to Pastor's, Pastor's message, message, he mentioned the word anxiety. As he was as sharing, he was sharing the message about parenting. Parent. When, he, when said, he said that no, that amount, no amount of, of parent, parent can ensure our future and our, and our children's future. future. Right, right. As father, As father I became, I became worried. worried. I can't help, I can't it, help but think of my own two sons, sons and, their and their future. And, and I'm, sure I'm sure some of you, some of you felt, felt the same, way. same way. Somewhere, Somewhere in, the in the middle of, of Pastor's Pastor message, message, this here, here I could give me feelings when I was when listening to Pastor's message. He said, he said that, that the only, only, the only, only thing that can save our future, our future and our, and our um, um, dance future, future is God's faithfulness. And for and us, for us, prepare, us prepare, prepare prepare is to is to hold on to, God, to God's promises. That, that God, is, God always is always faithful and always his promises. promises. And, he, and said he said that whoever believes in his son, Jesus, Jesus and, and calls upon his name will be saved. I'm holding on to that, right? That says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. As Christian parents, there is nothing in this world that we would want for our children than to know and to love God more than anything else. That they would have that personal relationship with God and to accept Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Amen? So God confirmed to me that I was being anxious. And maybe, maybe some of you are too. I was worried about everything that is happening around me. And I prayed and I said, Lord, please help me and use this anxiety, Lord, to draw me closer to you. And he did. Thank you, Lord. God never fails as long as we come to him for help. So now, let's be honest. Who here, after hearing the message that Pastor Sonny sent, uh, shared with us last week, just magically stopped worrying about everything? Not just raising our children, but in everything that is happening around us. I am certain that most of you would agree with me that we are living in a very certain, um, certain time where it seems to be no answer to our questions and no hope for our future. It is sad to say that both believers and non-believers battle and struggle with the same sin of anxiety. Yes, I said sin. And I will explain that later. So, why do I say this? Again, let me get your attention. My goal for us this morning is not to focus on this mess, all right? But focus on the master. Focus on the master and what he can do and be reminded that this is not our home and our citizenship is in heaven. So let us take a quick look at what is happening. Remember when uh, COVID-19 was formally declared as a global pandemic back in March 2020? Still fresh, right? There was no vaccine. Everything was closed. There was no in-person um, church and no gathering. What else? This war in um, between Russia and Ukraine, right? 
there seems to be no end in sight. And this war contributed to existing supply issue due to COVID and more shortages in both food and energy sectors, which also contributed to the recently reported 40-year high inflation rate of 7.7% in Canada. 40-year high. So what does this mean for us? High inflation rate means higher interest rate. For example, your mortgage rate, meaning higher payment, financing rates, right? Your, your credit card, it's, you know, if you have your line of credit, it, it'll go up. What else? To those who are retired and about to retire, your retirement fund is decreasing in value due to the poor economy. Your savings account are being used for emergencies and unforeseen cost of living. Your bank account just have enough to cover all these expenses, and maybe some of us, maybe some of us, are living from a stretch paycheck to paycheck. We all feel the pressure of the rising cost of living. Everything seems to go up in prices, from gas prices, groceries, and rent. Everything went up except for your salary. You can't help it but to be anxious, right? Actually, new record shows that rate of depression and anxiety climbed by more than 25% in 2020. From global pandemic, wars around the world, poor economy, increasing violence and crimes, and rising cost of living. Have people anxious. Now, that's the reality. And that is our current situation that we have. And we have to learn as Christians how to, be, how to live and joyful in this challenging time. So now, as Christians, how do we do this and stand regardless of good and bad, and furthermore, praise God and glorify Him in everything? Okay, so today's text in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 8, are verses with a command and a promise. A command to have joy in God in everything and a promise that he will give you peace in verse 7. So we will um, tackle these verses together in relation to what is happening around us, right? Put that in the background, whatever I said about inflation rate, financing rate, and everything, okay? So let's read our text again and see what we can learn from the Apostle Paul in the church of Philippi says in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say again, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God will surpass all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of this of praise, think about these things. Just a quick background of the book of Philippians. Um, we are going to answer where the Philippi was located. When did the church in Philippi start and how? 
Who are the Philippians and what kind of people are they? And why did the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians? Okay, we're going to answer all these questions. Where? The city of Philippi was located in ancient Greece in the eastern border of Roman province in Macedonia. I think we don't have a map. Um, and when and how? Um, so this was started during uh, Paul's second mission, right? We can see this in Acts chapter 16, verses 6 to 12, right? When Paul had his calling and vision, appeared to him a man from Macedonia, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. That's where it started. And this is the first Christian church in Europe. It was also found in Philippi. So who are these people? So according to Biblica.com, and I quote, Philippi was a prosperous Roman colony, and its citizens were former guards of the Romans. Okay, so many of the Philippians were retired military men. Okay, they were generous and faithful in partnering with Paul to further the kingdom of Christ. So why did Apostle Paul wrote this? Is to encourage the Philippian believers to continue their faith in joy. So let's begin with verse 4, and it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I will say rejoice. Is it possible to always rejoice? Is it possible to always rejoice? For those of you who don't, who don't know, rejoice is actually a shampoo brand in the Philippines. You guys know, right? So this means Pastor Sonny and I cannot have rejoice because we don't have hair. <laughs> right? <laughs> I have a picture, right? Um, but this is not the kind of rejoice that I'm talk that we're gonna talk about. Okay, this is selfish kind of rejoice because, you know, it's not fair for bald people. Uh, okay, so but we don't really use or hear this word anymore, right? Rejoice, you know. According to the Webster Online Dictionary, the rejoice is to feel joy, right? To experience gladness in high degree and to have a pleasurable satisfaction, to be delighted, right? Arsis Prowl said, and I quote, it's almost psychologically impossible for a person to willfully rejoice. We have, we have a tendency to think of joy as a passive category. Joy is something you feel or you don't feel, right? We cannot tell people to be happy. It's impossible, right? We can't tell people to change their feelings and be happy when they are sad, right? To those of you who are married, try to, to tell your wife to change her mood swing. <laughs> you know how that goes, right? So it's impossible to change people's mind and the way they think. But the Apostle Paul said here in this verse twice, right? Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say again, rejoice. Let's put it this way. When I talk to my sons, I'll say to my youngest son, Sam, listen. I need you to listen, right? And same with, uh, with my eldest son. I will say, Nathan, I need you to pay attention. Pay attention, right? So me saying that, I am emphasizing that the words that I want them to do. 
right? So it is the same way in this verse. Paul is saying, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. It's a command, right? So Paul is saying in the life of a Christian, rejoicing is not optional. It is not optional. He's not talking about our feeling, right? So Paul here is saying, remember what Christ has done for you. Remember what Christ has done for you. John MacArthur says, and I quote, being able to rejoice means to walk in this remembrance every minute and every second, to have that confidence in God that we can rejoice in the midst of our tribulation, right? That we can stand in him and trust in, in his promises regardless of seemingly hopeless situation, whether it be physical, emotional, or financial, we can praise God and glorify God in the middle of it. We continue on. Verse 5. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. In the NIV translation, I love the word gentleness. Be evident to all. Your gentleness be evident to all. So now Paul here is addressing the Philippians to let their gentleness be made known to all. Here at church, okay, and everywhere we go, right, we need to practice forgiveness, forbearance, and, and being patient with one another, right? If you're already doing this, and um, I pray for you, and, and I applaud you, continue doing it and cultivate it, right? And, and, to, and for those who are not, yet doing it, follow these brothers and sisters, right? As Christians, our gentleness will manifest in the way we live our lives and how we deal with every situation. Let's be an example of gentleness and influence those around us. Let me read that again. As Christians, our gentleness will manifest in the way we live our lives and how we deal with every situation. Let, be, let us be example of gentleness and influence those around us. We continue on verse 6. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. I think these passages from the book of Philippians provide a wonderful spiritual tool for overcoming anxiety. Do not be anxious for nothing. Paul is saying that for us believers, there is no ground basis for anxiety. Because if you believe and entrusted your life to God who revealed himself through his son Jesus and gave us existence, who owns everything, he is a God of the past and a certainly a God of the present, and a God who holds our future, right? He said, do not be anxious for anything. So, put it frankly, anxious people are people who don't know God and have no understanding of Him and do not spend time much time in prayer, right? These are the people that always worry because you don't know God. You don't consult Him. You don't pray. Right? R.C. Sproul said again, and I quote, there's a real sense in which anxiety is a sin. When you say, 
Lord, I do not trust you for my future, and I do not trust you for tomorrow and the day after tomorrow. Wow. That's what we are saying when we are anxious. Right? When we say that we entrusted our life to God, and we say, Lord, I don't trust you for my future. I don't trust you for tomorrow, and I don't definitely trust you for the day after tomorrow. That's what we're saying when we're anxious. And Paul did not give us any options here. He said, don't be anxious about anything. He didn't leave us any wiggle room. I believe in my heart, a person who rejoices in the Lord always is a person that lives a life free of anxiety and stress-free. He believes in the promises of God and rejoicing regardless of his situation. So, Barry Philip, does it mean I'm sinning when I'm worrying? Yes. Only if you say that, Lord, I don't trust you for my future, and I don't trust you for tomorrow and the day after tomorrow because of your unbelief, right? And I think it is an offense to the trustworthiness of God, right? So my prayer for us is to imitate Paul. When he said in Philippians chapter 4, verses 12, uh, chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, he said, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstances, I have learned the secret of, of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthened me. Wow. Paul said he can do all things. Means all things. Not just easy things, right? He said all things means through Christ I can live in hunger. Through Christ I can suffer. Through Christ I can be in need. Right? He also said in chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, My God will, will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Jesus Christ. If God wants us to experience a life that has nothing or poor, will you still praise God in your situation and stay faithful or Will you be anxious? If he blesses you with, with abundance, will you remember him and those who are in need? I will take a little bit of detour here. Those of us who are blessed financially and materially, we are called to help those who are in need. right? And look for the opportunities to help others, not just through our words or our prayers, but indeed as well. Right? This is especially true here at our church with our fellow believers. Are we looking for opportunities to give and share these blessings? I'm sure with the rising cost of living, there are members here and family here and friends around us that are needing help due to the bad economy. And with those who are suffering to buy just food, just to buy food, they're struggling. Are you looking, constantly looking for opportunities to help? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 25, verse 40, whatever you did for the one of the least of these brothers and sisters, you did for me. Right? Martin Luther said, and I quote, a religion that gives nothing, costs nothing, and suffers nothing, and is worth nothing. 
Verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. If you're sleeping, this is the time to wake up. If you only take one thing from this message, it should be this, right? The answer for our anxiety, it's God's peace that surpasses, surpasses all understanding. The answer for our anxiety, it's God's peace that surpasses all understanding. This is the peace that comes from God, right? The peace that God the Father and the God the Son and the Holy Spirit give this to us. Nobody can explain it. It's because it is beyond our capabilities as human. But let me tell you one thing. We can have this peace that comes from God if we believe and trust God and surrender everything to Him and have constant communication with God through prayers. Pray and cast your burden to God, it says in Psalm chapter 55, verse 2. Cast your burden on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Wow. This is the kind of peace that God wants us to have. Remember when, um, when Peter um, put in jail in, in Acts chapter 12? Um, after King Herod uh, killed James, the brother of John, and Peter got arrested and put him in prison. But he was about to get killed. He was about to get sentenced. Right? And the Lord sent his angel to rescue Peter. What was Peter doing? Was he worrying? Was he trembling? No, he was sleeping. <laughs> Peacefully. Right? Because he had that peace that come from God. Just like Paul, he said, to die is gain. So, you know, and the angel even struck him and say, hey, wake up. I will get you out of here. Right? Gumising ka na. Right? Hindi mo pa oras. I have, I will get you out of here. That's the kind of peace that God wants us to have. Right? Psalm chapter 4 verse 8. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep for you alone. O oh Lord, make me dwell in safety. What a promise. Right? This is the kind of peace, again, that surpasses all understanding. And something that non-believers will try to have and do everything to find this peace, but their peace is based on the world that is broken and will pass. Right? When they see us that we are not shaken by the bad circumstances around us, they cannot explain it or even comprehend it. We are at peace. We can't even comprehend it ourselves, right? Only those who are in Christ will have true and lasting peace that comes from God. When we follow God's command in verse 6 to present our request to God, we receive His peace. Leaves everything to him, especially with those situations that we don't have any control. Isn't that wonderful? Right? We bring our anxieties, our doubts, worries, and fears, and in return, we get chocolate. No, peace. Right? God tells us not to worry, but to pray. Right? And then, he promised to guard our heart and our, and our mind. As a garrison of soldiers guards a city. 
Imagine that. Giving us a peace beyond human comprehension because of our union with Christ. Right? He guards our inner being with his peace. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Finally, verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about this thing. Finally, we're almost done. Let us focus our attention to the end of the verse. It says, think about these things. Right? In other translation, it says, meditate on these things. Okay? Who here believes that our mind can be trained? To do the things that honor and glorify God. You believe that, right? Our mind can go into a million different things. And we have to be careful on what we ponder on. And what we engage our minds in. Right? So whatever it is that we think of, we will eventually do. Right? Think of it as we are the gardeners. We are doing the planting. Right? Good plants bear good fruits, right? Bad plants bear bad fruits, right? So similarly, good thoughts produces joyful heart, right? And a negative thought produces negative thinking or anxiety, right? Here's the truth about our minds. Whatever our minds attend to, it will consider. Okay, I want you to open up your, pay attention. Whatever our minds attend to, it will consider. Whatever our mind does not attend to, it dismisses, right? And whatever our minds continually thinking, it will eventually believe, right? And whatever our, 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 our mind believe, it will actually eventually do. In short, we think, the way we think drives what we do, right? So Paul here in verse 8 telling us to meditate or think. As Christian, we ought to think carefully and righteously, right? As Christian, we must learn how to filter and train our minds on information before we even entertain it. Careful on the internet, newspaper, you know. So Christian, think carefully and do the things that are good, acceptable, and perfect in the sight of our Lord Jesus. Right? Just like the Romans said in chapter 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We ought to think righteously. To do this, we have to meditate on the Word of God, the Bible. In Psalm chapter 119 verses 90 verses 9 to 16 it says how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word with the whole heart i seek you let me wonder let me not wonder from your commandment i have stored up your words in my heart that i might not sin against you 
Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes and I will not forget your word. In our situation today where our future seems unclear, please remember that God's peace is a prayer way. Right? Always remember to cast your burden on him with thanksgiving in our hearts. This will help us rejoice whether in plenty or in want. And God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in his glory in Christ. The Lord bless you and keep.